Hey everyone, this episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Nope, this is the next conversation where we talk about the next generation. Oh boy. But oh, it's brought to you. Looking start. By <laughs> Ripley's Believe It or Not Auditorium in Hollywood, California. Uh, I, I can't say enough about this place. It is not only a, a great time for one and all, but it is conveniently located at Hollywood and Highland, the crossroads of entertainment. Take advantage of the diagonal crosswalks that are now there. Your chances of getting hit by a vehicle have decreased substantially. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Oh, diagonal crosswalks are the wave of the future. Believe it or not. I bet that's going to increase business for uh, the auditorium. I hope so. A good 2%. And, you know, uh, add that to our 100% increase from fans of this show. Sure. And quite frankly, you guys are going to have a busy 2019. Uh, what am I talking about? All you have to do to get a buy one, get one offer, that's after 5.30 p.m. You can get two people into the auditorium for $20. Two people can walk diagonally from the northwest corner of Hollywood and Highland to the southeast corner of Hollywood and Highland and experience the Ripley's Auditorium. Two for $20 just by mentioning this show. Buy one, get one, believe it or not. Podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hi, everyone. It's 2019! In the holodeck. (laughs) Welcome to the number one Star Trek podcast that talks about the next generation that is currently hosted by Matt Meyer and Andy Secunda. I'm Matt. I'm Andy. Uh, We are uh, just excited to be with you. I hope you all had a nice uh, holiday break. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year. Happy Star Date. Happy, happy. I hope everything went exactly as you wanted. It's a the uh, New Year's is the same in uh, in the next generation uh, universe, correct? I, I, this I don't know. You don't. Know. I mean, they do star dates. They did it in Voyager. They had some reference to it. Oh, good. But um, Andy, I feel like you might be the Voyager expert. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, I don't know. It seems. I guess it's non secular. So. Uh, well, yeah, I think that, but also I'm like confused by the calendar, you know, the star date calendar versus the uh, Gregorian calendar. Sure. Versus the Hebrew calendar. What year is it by then? It's probably the year 5,000. I said non-secular. 9,000? I meant secular. My apologies. It's okay. I think someone let it slide. Don't prime correct. But someone else is writing that email and then was like, damn it. Damn it. He corrected himself. I had it. (laughs) Hope you didn't pause the podcast to correct us. Chances are we'll correct ourselves. But then write it down while you're listening. And if we don't correct ourselves, fire that email off. And it'll end up in the prime corrective. (laughs) Seems like a good expenditure of everyone's time. Well, look, I just if you want to be the person 
that corrects us. Uh-huh. I'm telling you how to do it. It's true. It is the best way to do it. Absolutely. Uh, Andy, are you excited about this episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, First Contact? I am. I was curious. Well, let's just get to this first. Well, it's, it's, it's what we do here. Yeah, go ahead. Would you Would you have them watch this episode? Now? I would. Yeah. I would. I enjoy this episode. It's a very... Uh, it's sci-fi. It's like an episode of the Twilight Zone <laughs> that happens to take place in the Star Trek universe. That's fair. It's very yeah. Eye of the Beholder, I think, is the episode you're thinking of. Well, only in the sense that there are medical people Zone. who think someone looks ugly, that they, they have faces of pigs. Well, it's very similar. Also, I don't know that Thank the... you for not yelling spoiler alert at me. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. I guess it's a one episode thing. Yeah. So it's like I just don't know where your standards start and stop, Andy. I mean, sure, I, you know, whatever. Go, go and check out old Twilight Zones. They're oh, the best. absolutely! It's New Year's Day anyway. The marathon's happening, Andy. Is it really? They do a new they every do a new year Day? on Sci Fi Channel. How wonderful! Yeah, it's always something to behold. What? No, I don't allow it. Um, but I feel like the their makeup it wasn't quite as horrific as in the Twilight Zone no, episode, no, no. but the makeup is similar but it was beautifully ways. like uh, it just felt like it to me I liked it quite it's a bit. very similar I don't even think that it's a felt like it like it's almost seems directly derived from well, that episode no it's a bunch of people going what's wrong with him look at his hands oh my gosh <laughs> the B story yeah but also like I really there's a lot to we're gonna talk about it a lot but if you haven't seen First Contact uh, and you are someone who watches these based on whether or not I say watch them and then you listen to the podcast, I'd say go watch this and then come back. Uh, my overall question was going to be, is this an episode that is in the hallowed halls? Is this like, because obviously, and I don't know if that was just the name made me think that because obviously First Contact is so part of the storied history of uh, Star Trek, but do people go like, oh, the First Contact episode? I feel like this one doesn't get mentioned a ton. I don't know. I haven't looked at like a list in a long time of like, the The best TNZ episode. Right. I remember when... uh, Is that your voice you're doing? (laughs) Yes. Uh, When it ended, when TNG ended, they did a special Entertainment Weekly. Yeah. Uh, And in that, they ranked all of the episodes. One to 179. I wonder based on what? I don't know. Yeah. Based on, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm beginning to feel like oh, the internet. No. I know. I'm beginning to feel like you people do. <laughs> Finally, I understand. Andy, I still. This is whistle, what we've been though. saying about you and data. Um, can't make this go completely straight, can I? No, because of springs. Darn those springs. Um, Andy's but, referring to the microphone stand, right? For those who can't see us. <laughs> Everyone, uh, like everyone, <laughs> um, I'm beginning to feel just uh, utterly off topic. Getting right, if we're getting getting right in tr- on track or off track, uh, but uh, like, and it's mostly through my food obsessiveness that I've that I've uh, come upon this thought and research that best lists mm-hmm. are starting to hinder the effectiveness of best lists. Because the internet is such a regurgitator that people just look at the other best lists and... Oh, you're just, saying like lazy people who are charged with writing a best list will just go look at other people's best lists? It's definitely a truth in the food uh, best list world. But I, look, I am going to take your word for that. I don't spend a lot of time on the food best list world. But what I have noticed, yeah. similar to what you're saying, I've noticed the following trend. Yeah. A lot of worst... Tens 
yeah. coming out at the end of the year, and no best tens. Oh, interesting. So, like, I was like looking at like worst ten video games of the year, ten biggest video game bombs of the year, and I'm like, well, where's the best list? What Who's, is wrong? Why are we so negative, everyone? Who is interested in those lists? I don't. I watched it. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. What was the worst of the worst? I feel like uh, I feel like is an un- oh, there's a couple there's like one it's an unfair list even and of itself because you're got to pick something that's on people's radar well, and therefore no, it's probably not, not, not really the worst worst like the quiet man is that on your radar no is exactly that, a, is that, that was a on game? the worst list yeah what's the plot of that are you the whole the premise is that you <laughs> are, are you are, are you John deaf. Wayne you're deaf <laughs> oh too bad and you hear nothing in the game I would like to think of it as you you're John Wayne and you're trying to. You're trying to go back to your family's estate in, uh, in Ireland? Sure. I mean, you, uh, look. Woo Maureen O'Hara. Got a lot of quiet man specifics. Spoiler alerts. Come I didn't on. say that he did. You Come made on. it a spoiler. Come on. You made it a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So that, I see what you're saying. And I think there's a lot of negativity out there. And, 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 and this is also a place for negativity. <laughs> sure. Because we It's true. Look, we tried so hard to like Thor. We really did. So all you, all you. We really liked. It's interesting sitting down. I was like, oh, that wasn't as bad as I thought. Probably because of our expectations. And then once we started to pick apart, I was like, oh my god. Yeah, it was so. This was so long. This section. It was so funny how Andy and I both. I think we both liked it on our own more than we thought we would. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that either of us were like. Oh, this was good, uh, but we I definitely we, were enamored with the design and the yeah. cities and Asgard. And then and when Andy that. and I started talking uh, about it, it created uh, a message I've never seen before. Everybody, which was uh, the file I was trying to export for that podcast, was past GarageBand's maximum file <laughs> output. So, if you want to know what that would mean, it's three it's three over. hours and fifty eight minutes of. Uh, Three tracks of full audio, two mono, one stereo, will yeah. be too much for the maximum file size for GarageBand to make. Now, we, you cut it down to 335 or something? 338. So right. what I do when I cut some of these up is uh, Andy and I have a habit. It's a very bad habit for people who are doing a podcast um, where we watch the action scenes. Yeah. So I tried to if we're if we're not talking and it's just music and 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 bang 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 them up. So I'm like, well, I'll just trim this out. Yeah, it's funny that we did that for 20 minutes of that episode. Wow, that is a lot. Yeah, that is. So, yeah, um, which would speak actually better for the. I don't know if during that time we're like Jesus Christ or if we're like, oh look, action. Well, we a couple times you said, oh, we're doing that thing again. Right. Yeah. So I was like, yes, we are, Andy. <laughs> Cut. Um, so that's, if a, you, that's a that's an uh, uncharacteristic sense of uh, self awareness for you. No responsibility for you to go back and edit it out. Well, I do again. Our, I feel like the president circle deserves a little <laughs> bit a little bit better gotcha. than our regular audience. If you want to be treated, our regular audience is getting this for free. <laughs> fair enough. So uh, if you want to hear Andy and I talk about all of the Marvel movies up through Thor so far, you can sign up at patreon.com forward slash. Star Trek TNC. Is that correct, Andy? Yes. Uh, do that. And uh, if you're like, oh, I, don't know, I missed all the other ones. Uh, the second you sign up, you can look at the posts from previous months and see those episodes. Have a, have a, have a, fun, have a fun 95 hours. Because quite frankly, Andy and I were going to do half hour bonus pods over there. And uh, it has evolved <laughs> into, I would say, behemoths. 
Yeah. We can't control ourselves. We can't talk about anything for less than 90 minutes. No. It's literally impossible. And we're already nine minutes into this, and we haven't even said Star Trek. Well, we... I'm kidding. We have, but... Yeah. But anyway. As a side issue. Andy just wanted to give his state of the internet. I then hopped That's on with true. some other stuff. We both have a lot to say about nothing. Uh, so, like oh. Seinfeld, guys. Remember Seinfeld? Oh, that was a popular program. They said a lot about nothing. Uh, Andy, you know what I've watched a lot over this break? Red Dead Redemption? Well, I've played a fuck ton of that because I think it's the best game ever made. On my second playthrough, really savoring this playthrough. I'm st- halfway through the first time. Eventually, I'm going to start looking at, for those dinosaur bones because, uh, you know. Matt pointed out from an Insta story I posted that uh, I was in a cold environment with no... He was up in the mountains with a summer coat. With a summer coat. It was very true, and I kept learning the hard way. I was like, why do I keep getting... Sick? Oh, I'm in freezing cold. By the way, cold. Andy, here's a, little, here's a little Red Dead tip for you. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, on your horse, you have saved outfits. And one of the saved <gasps> outfits is the winter gunslinger, which is the outfit that he's wearing at the beginning in the snow. So helpful. Yeah. I actually thought I was going to have to stop at a hotel and change. That's so helpful. Yeah. Wait, where is the... Is it in the satchel? Where it's is in, it? Uh, it's in... Um, when you go to the horse. <laughs> so if, you hit, if you hit... You know, where you go... Uh, uh, weapons, items, horse. Uh-huh. Go to horse. Okay. It's... it's uh, there's a... Go down to like... You know where you set up camp? Yeah. Oh, down it's, there. It's in that spot in the next menu. Wait, to the left of that, you mean, or in that in that spot? Oh, I see. To the, yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. To flip over, flip to the next thing. Gotcha. All right. So there we go, Andy. All right. You and Arthur are going to make it through the cold. That really, that's that's a huge uh, save save of time. Yeah. And you know, part of the thing that I get frustrated with with video games in general is, and makes me go like, I can't play this anymore. Is if there is, a, it's like. Something just feels like there's got to be an easier way to do this, and I'm just and too just dumb know to it. know it. Yeah. And then I search it, and I don't like, I don't have the right phraseology or whatever because I don't know what you know the terminology. Have you looked for that is. though? No, because I, I feel like specifically Red Dead, the community is so deep that you will find answers. To I, I actually have found most of my answers, but I but I haven't uh, I haven't spent I've only spent a little time to get Pal. my horse. I got Pal. my special Arabian horse. Give me up a there. call. Give okay. me a call. Yeah, I refuse. I refuse. You know, I got the first the first horse I bought was that five dollar horse that Morgan, sure, uh, that I named Pepper. Gotcha. And uh, that was the horse I rode literally. You know the what? Entire I game. Out of defiance? No, just because I grew attached to it. You know, of course we got hit level four bonding pretty quickly, but then I was like, I love this little guy. Is it not? way slower than the other ones it's pretty slow it's not that slow like you i leveled it up so much that it was decently fast for a morgan i didn't care i'm savoring that terrain pal red dead minute with andy and matt i don't know it's it's so long so, to get places then when i played it over the second time yeah i still refused to buy a different horse i bought that morgan again i named it pepper two mm-hmm. and then what happens sometimes is when i want to search saddlebags without getting kicked in the face yeah i will bond with the horse to level one so that it will then let me get in the saddlebag. But then that horse loves me, and I can't let that horse go. So I take it to the stable, I stable it, and I rename it. So I have three horses that I've just found through missions. Sure. And uh, we, have, uh, we have Pepper, yeah. Salty, which right. I named Salty because he was the, his owner was trying to reshoe him, and uh-huh. he kicked and killed the owner. Oh. So I called him Salty. That's a fun little side mission. Uh, Oreo, 
because he's black and white. Oh, I passed that one, but I didn't. I didn't know what was happening. Oh, sure, I kept that horse. I think I missed. Uh, it's a very good horse. I got confused. And what then, was happening. Uh, and then I just got a, a a white race horse that I stole from a Lemoyne Raider, um, that I called. Uh, is that one sugar? Is that one super fast? It is very fast. It's a race horse. Right. Now, is the, the Arabian is the best horse in the game? Yeah, you're all set. Okay, good. Yeah. So I can't do better. No. It's a white horse. Yeah. And uh, do you know what I called it? What? It's geeky. Is it the, is it, um, is it. See if you can guess the area. Tri- Tristar? Columbia Tristar? <laughs> <laughs> no. That would truly. I don't even know if that's geeky. That's like a lame, <laughs> like cinephile, weird. <laughs> I might as well call it Mike Ovitz. <laughs> um, no, I called it Shadow Facts. You know what no, what is Shadow Fat? That is Gandalf's horse. Oh, that's great. What is the name of, uh, speaking of uh, Thor, what is the name of Odin's horse? Because that's probably a great Odin oh, horse that's name. That's a good question. <laughs> oh, no. Guys, we have gone so far off the reservation here. The Wapiti Reservation, Odin's available in Red Dead Redemption. Horse. <laughs> Odin's horse. Sleipner. Sleipner? A slipe with a P. I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. Oh. Sleipner. You know what? Not as good a name as I had hoped. Old Norse, and it's called, and it it's, means in quotes, slippy or the slipper, which is totally, oh, it's an eight-legged horse. The slipper is comfortable, you know. I don't think that oh, in the movie he had an eight-legged horse. I bet he that did. That would have been awesome. I bet he did. You think that was a detail that was in there? Uh, you know what? Find out if we said it, everybody. Head over to Patreon. Otherwise, right now, Andy, I would love if we could hop on out of this hallway and into the Admirals Club. Well, in the comics, it has eight, hor- eight legs. Anyway, all right, let's do it. <laughs> oh, God. Uh. Oh, no. Oh, my God. I'm such a failure on every level. <laughs> you told me it was happening, and then I turned the sound off. Set him up for it. You know, there are a lot of things, I will say, in this whole process. Like, you know, I, I open uh, Memory Alpha, and then they got all these ads and everything, and then I get chastised when the ad plays. Not by me. No, not by you, Matt. By You're not listener. a person who comments constantly on my every mistake. <laughs> I um, didn't say anything about this one. You didn't say anything about this one. I, I attacked Jeez myself. Louise. Maybe I'm trying to turn over a new leaf for the new year. Either Matt or I will certainly attack me. So, Well, I mean, look, do? it's on you for having the webpage constantly open that plays automatic ads. It's Memory not Alpha. when I do that. It's do when I'm go to searching donation? for stuff. Yeah, you just wind up on these weird pages that have ads that annoyingly play. Yes. Everyone knows what's going on behind the curtain, Andy. What are they doing? What's happening? I'm just saying you're going on websites that have weird ads. Oh, you're saying it's porn? No. Oh, oh no, no, no. I was literally saying, like, this information isn't just coming to you. Oh. <laughs> you're looking it up on websites sure. that have ads. Oh, anyway, <laughs> if you want to be in here with us for this discussion... <laughs> Just leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and you'll be welcomed into the Admirals Club. Andy, who's our first Admiral uh, member? Our first Admiral Club member is uh, one of our Canadian friends. Oh, Canadian iTunes. We don't normally have access to North that. of the Border sent us their thing. If you uh, if you are from uh, a land far away, uh, uh, send us a uh, an image of your, your positive review on whatever iTunes you have access to, and uh, we will... 
Oh, Matt, how did they get into the Admirals Club? I, I just said the, it. Oh, you said it. I okay, did. Uh, and so uh, this is this is a delightfully awful podcast. It's, it's illustrated by everything that just happened. Jesus. Um, a thrill for all of us who love TNG so much. We hate almost everything about it. Uh, Yoram Zadi, Justine from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Oh, Justine, you and I, Yoram Zadis. Um, and that was it. Cool. Uh, um, and I uh, let's slip into the president circle. Well, you know, it's less of a slip and more of a burst through this big ass cargo bay door. Here we go. <laughs> Fire going in here, Andy. <gasps> President Circle's really doing a great job. Did you? Did, did I? Did I? What is the question? Did I talk to the Hollow DJ and ask them to bring this up? Yes. No, because I, I feel like I'm going to skip ahead to a hail from, I believe, a President Circle member. So we might as well just give it up to him. Um, so Christopher Pike, Medal of Valor Award winner, now just for setting a hail, Lieutenant Joe Fermanek. You've done it. Also a proud member of the face group. Um, Holiday background noise, he writes us. Yeah. Hey, Andy. In case you guys want a little holiday TNG background noise, I made this last week and shared with the face group. Um, So I don't know how you want to do this. Do you want to uh, tell the Hollow DJ to take down the the fire sound for a moment? Sure. Oh, you're going to play it. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. All right. Here we go. So he made this this sound that is uh, TNG fireplace plus engine noise with a little bit of an intro. Lieutenant Warfare, report. Fire in cargo hold seven. The bring Lloydy. What have they done to my ship now? <laughs> and it has them walking into the bring Lloydy room and uh, the fire is crackling with the whole sound in the background and <laughs> the engine noise in the background great job and it's uh, i didn't do it it's uh, joe fermanek that put this together joe, and it's joe, an hour great job joe you earned your your christopher pike medal this this year this time <laughs> this this week this week month month yeah. this month right um another one is from uh, Derek hawkins lieutenant Derek hawkins what do you want to see most in the new Picard series? And what other shows with TNG, um, DS9, Voyager characters would you want to see? I've heard there's a there's they're they're looking at like a comedy with Worf. Honest to God, like these are things I've heard. Now I we were whispering about. We were talking about, um, but we weren't talking about. But at some point, Dorn was trying to get a a Captain Wharf show, yeah, which going. I think was going to be a straight up show. And so this is a straight comedy I, show. I, I, this again, these Dorn are all the could murmurs. do it. Dorn these are the is one of the funnier around people. Hollywood. I don't want to see anything, guys. That's the thing. I want to see. A well put together show. I just hope they respect the uh, past and honor the present. And I am looking very much forward to whatever the Picard show brings us. Something I'd like to see in it. Uh, I don't want them to have. Oh, I was going to ruin everything for Andy. Uh-huh. Should you want me to leave the room? <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, God, how do we say this? Not- Fuck it. No, I can't talk about it till we're past season seven. All right. Sorry. <laughs> 
Because um, there's some things that I hope they don't do or do. I mean, you can you can give the spoiler thing, and I can leave the room, and you can say no, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. It'll make people stay with us for another four years. <laughs> I find that unlikely. Um, my thought on it was, which is obviously much less informed. I haven't seen uh, DS9. Uh, but from Voyager, I was first thinking like, oh, I want to see Seven of Nine interacting with Picard. But then I thought to myself, much as I love Jerry Ryan, um, that interaction probably would be very similar to Janeway. And then I thought, I want to see Janeway have to deal with Picard. And see how that plays out. You would think they're both reasonable people, but they are both very strong-willed. Andy, Janeway's an admiral and sends Picard off in Star Trek Nemesis on the mission. True? Yeah. Oh, wow. You, oh so God. it's been done. I Get over yourself. Nemesis. Start watching Star Trek. All right. Um, and our uh, our other uh, Christopher Pike Medal awardee is Cosmo Moore. Uh, oh, Lieutenant hey, Cosmo. Cosmo Moore. Uh, used to uh, go by the handle of uh, Livingston Picard. Um, now, I think it's uh, I don't Cosmo. Know. Don't don't worry about it. You don't have to like things you don't have right at the top of your brain. Don't worry about them. Anyway, sex aside, what is the first thing you would do on the holodeck? Treat it like a video game? Do some big battle? A mystery like Data? Me, I'd have the computer recreate a Metallica concert from the Master of Puppets tour with Jimmy as the opening act. That's actually kind of a fucking great idea. I think I would be a very good baseball hitter, and I would be at Fenway Park uh, in some sort of triumphant moment, hitting behind David Ortiz. That sounds like a wonderful... Uh, thing to experience. Oh, I've already thought about it. Like I thought about it as a child. What I, I, I like, what I most would want to do is um, just get to experience being a very good professional baseball player. Andy couldn't help himself, so he looked up Cosmo's uh, Twitter handle. It's at Starfleet Panels now. Um, the uh, the thing that I would do is uh, I would uh, be in a space battle with the Millennium Falcon while I'm in the holodeck on the Enterprise. That's just sacrilege. Sure. Um, and that's let me it. ask. Let me ask. If okay. you were in the Millennium Falcon, yeah, and you were flying, uh, running cover for Luke and his X-wing during okay. the trench run, sure. When you're when you're in your in the in your holodeck simulation, okay, you're in the Falcon. So you're Han here, essentially. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You have Chewie. Sure. Um, when the Death Star blows up, uh-huh. uh Great shot, kid. One in a million. Yeah. Does it blow up like it does in the original, or does it blow up like it does? I don't even know why we're having this conversation. (laughs) Does it blow up with the big ring of uh, bullshit? (laughs) How does it blow up, Andy? It's just what I always, I always envisioned. I just couldn't, I just couldn't, I just envisioned it with the ring. At the time, I couldn't make a ring, an energy ring. Originally, I think it all came out of the trenches. To see stormtrooper helmets flying. That was the also. heat. That was the heat. That was the heat being released from the cooling vents. <laughs> okay. Anyway, that was Star Wars Corner uh, after Red Dead Minute. Star Wars Destroyers. Star Wars. No, that wasn't Star Wars Destroyers. That was the was. Star Wars Destroyer. I guess. Fair enough. <laughs> That's. I'm kidding, everyone. We love George. We do. Uh, it's. It's hard to not respect his uh, talent and vision. Oh, I love. I really Just do enjoy his... him as a, as a as a human being. In all honesty. Have you met him? No, 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 no. Oh. Just everything I've heard about him. Oh, sure. I, you know, I I uh, was obsessed with his uh, biography. I used to read it over and over again. As a child? I was such a nerd. <laughs> yeah, You're talking to uh, everyone. Is, everyone's just like you, pal. Yeah. Uh, all right, Andy. Hey, here's a, little, here's a little side note. 
I went as George Lucas for Halloween one year. How old were you? Too old, probably. I don't remember. No, I mean, like, I guess my question is, were you in your 20s, or was it... Oh, no, like, I was, like, 11 or something. That's not too old. That's very nerdy and uh, adorable, and I, don't I think know. it's funny. 11 to go with George Lucas? Seems That's like kind it. of like... Yeah, I'll tell you what. If my son, uh, at 11 years old, wants to go out on Halloween as George Lucas, I will I will buy him the flannel. Uh-huh. Like, I'd be delighted. Fair. There are worse people to dress up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Andy. Let's get out of here. Okay. Head back out so we can go do hails. Uh, so essentially what I'm going to need is you to get our crackle and fire oh, all right. done. Sorry. <laughs> this is the whole thing. And then you're somehow going to have to make sure the... Uh, whatever. I'll just open the door here. Oh, wait. Oh, you, you're going into the uh, atmosphere. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. So. Okay. And there can be as many doors as you'd like. Give me a second. This is quite frankly our worst episode of the year. <laughs> We like to start low, and then... That's multiple doors, multiple doors. Don't forget, you have yes. multiple doors in All here. Right. Okay. And uh, we're at the exit. Here we go. And that was the Admiral's Club. Oh, my God. I did it. Jesus Christ. Captain, we are being hailed. That was a rough one. Um, all right. Uh, here's one. In our hail bag from Thomas Gill, who says primary versus secondary hull. We uh, we asked a question about that. He has an answer. The primary hull is the saucer. The secondary hull is the star drive engineering session. Oh, section. I didn't know that. That's some great information. There you go. Thank you, Thomas. Nice and to the point. Beautiful email. Very concise. Here's a uh, voice hail that's coming in. If you have a voice hail for us, you can call us at uh, 816-TNC. I mean, I would probably make the star drive the primary hull. Just because it's got the most explosive thing on the ship in it that is valid i'm just saying yeah i'm not here to judge starfleet design and engineering but sure come on guys i'm sure leah brahms had some reasoning behind she'll it. be back next week w- will she really you'll see in the trailer it's not a spoiler <gasps> i'm so excited oh wow what is jordy gonna do with a real live leah brahms he'll be befuddled he'll be doing a lot of things i think andy secunda would do tune in he'll say i wish he were like the and more like the actual enterprise like the last (laughs) leah brahms all right here's a voice hail hey guys this is sarah i just wanted to talk about the um uh devil's due podcast you were trying to find the correct word to describe captain picard and it's not swarthy it's virile he's a virile man Ah. thanks guys love the podcast bye that is it is absolutely not swarthy (laughs) which we've discovered andy uh hammered me pretty good on that and i deserved it uh (laughs) the opposite you need to have some hair to be swarthy uh but yes virile that is a great uh apt description of captain jean-luc picard um I mean, I kept it tight this year. This uh, this year, Andy's keeping it tight this year. <laughs> That's his resolution: keeping I, it tight. I, uh, I had keeping it, that know. strike zone nice and tight. <laughs> I had the other. Uh, I had the other hail from Joe that I moved into the president circle. So beautiful. So Andy, are you telling me what I think you're telling me? It's time. Oh to talk. wait, I'm sorry. Fuck, we almost got under the thirty minute mark. It's twenty eight minutes and fifty five seconds. With our ad, it's going to be well over 30 minutes now that we're Sorry, talking buddy. about this fucking episode. I knew I was, there was no way that I could have done this to you, even, even with moving the other guy into the, uh, not the other guy, Lieutenant Fremenek. Uh Anyway, here's another voice hail. 
Hey, Matt. Hey, Andy. Uh, Chip here. Uh, in your Devil's Due episode, one of your callers asked about, um, Riker and why he got demoted, uh, after the whole Borg situation. Uh, and you guys weren't able to address it. We, we weren't. Oh, I thought I could shed a little light on that for I don't, you. I Can I pause, we, pause, um, it, pause it, it one second? It, I haven't heard this yet. But isn't it just because the captain of the ship came back? <laughs> And but, he could have, like, he was decided to resume his previous position. Well, but That's your, what I'm guessing. So. In your mind, had he actually been promoted? He became an acting captain. Acting. Well, that, yes. well you know what? I think, honestly, I think he had been promoted. He had, I think that was a field promotion to captain. Here's what I'm just going to say, and I will play the voicemail with an actual answer. Very good. I think he had had a field promotion to captain because a lot of times acting captains don't get the pips. He mm-hmm. had the fourth pip. Um, he was given the fourth pip. He was given the fourth pip. I wonder if an acting captain generally would get the fourth pip. No. 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 So he was legitimately He was promoted. legitimately made captain and yeah. assumed command with all command functions of the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's all. Uh, but go ahead. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. The long-standing naval tradition that whoever is in command of a vessel is addressed as captain, regardless of what their actual that's rank true. is. So what happened was uh, Riker wasn't actually promoted in the way you guys are thinking. He was still a commander, but he was addressed as captain because he was the commanding officer of the Enterprise at the time. Hmm. Um, it's a long-standing thing that most navies observe. Uh, it stems from the whole, uh, you know, a ship can only have one and only one captain at any time type sure. deal. Mm-hmm. Um, some navies even take it even further than that. And if there's another captain visiting and not in command of the vessel, they'll get a temporary different title uh, so that there's no confusion. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, but anyway, just thought I'd shed some light on that. Uh, love the show. Uh, keep on doing what you do. But I, I, like, uh, I like a little inside Navy baseball on that. But they don't do that with admirals. I guess they Spock offered it, but that seemed like that was more of a, a move of respect than, than yes. Than but protocol. admirals, you know, when the angry admiral tries to assume command of the vessel, uh-huh. you know, it's right. that whole thing. But I will say uh, everything he's saying is very accurate. In fact, in Deep Space Nine, Lieutenant Commander Worf sometimes is in command of the uh, Defiant and is addressed as captain. <laughs> oh, really? That's yeah. kind of cool. But they don't change his pips. I bet. No, no. And so that is actually the one thing that I think Matt has said, which I would say disproves that it is an, a field promotion. Well, I think it is a field promotion to captain. He's captain. Oh, it's a field promotion. It's but I mean, it's not an acting captain situation. No, I think he's he's the ca- the, he is the captain. Right, yeah, I right. think all, I think, uh, you know, I don't know that there was a scene with it, but I think all command function of the Enterprise is, is to Riker at that point. But then when Picard comes back, they transfer it back to Picard and Riker assumes his position. Very good. Which is a side piece to Patrick Stewart. A side piece? (laughs) He's on his right side. He's on his left side. Fair enough. (laughs) All right. Frequency's closed, sir. The hail bag is closed. Andy, it was... uh, New new year, new struggles. <laughs> just a little, this is what we're kicking it off with. I probably made more mistakes at the top of this show than I did for thirty percent of last year. Well, I'm sure if someone has the numbers, that probably would add <laughs> up. I think my my mistakes are uncountable. Okay, everybody, this is because I'm uh, sheet. 
<laughs> I'm a sheet podcaster. Oh, uh, so I'm mixing. Oh, boy. I was Stop taking it. the. All right. Okay. I was trying to do. I was trying to do Australian. I know. Came out fully Irish. I know. Well, you know, you just had that sound clip that we played. What are you gonna do? This is uh, First Contact, production number one eighty nine, aired February eighteenth, nineteen ninety one. Andy, let's talk about that time in the world. If we must, U.S. radios were tuned to "All the Man That I Need" by Whitney Houston. On the UK, 3 a.m. Eternal by the KLF, featuring the Children of the Revolution, maintained its top spot. Wow, this is... I never even heard of that. Um, Iron John by Robert Bly was a bestseller, the third movie uh, ever to win. All of the Big Five Academy Awards released at number one was Silence of the Lambs, um, which recouped nearly all of its modest $19 million budget. Very interesting, Matthew Kirk. That actually seems like a high budget for that movie. At that time. Like, yeah, I, I mean, it's obviously it it's an inflation Hopkins. situation. But that's crazy. That is a nice-looking movie. It's a mostly talking movie, Yeah, I it's guess, a mostly but, talking movie with standing yeah. stouts. You know, while you're at Ripley's Believe It or Not, if you'd like to go see The Cells from... Um, from uh, Silence of the Lambs, you want to see Hannibal Lecter's cell and the guy next to him cell. Yeah. You can go to the Hollywood Museum, which is around the corner uh, on uh, Highland. Interesting. It's the one with the uh, statue of Marilyn Monroe outside of it. Yeah. Downstairs, they have that set standing. IRA terrorism continued uh, with attacks on both the Paddington and Victoria stations of London's Underground Rail. Uh, Philadelphia's One Meridian Plaza caught fire, destroying its top eight floors. Yikes. Ooh, downer. Uh, <laughs> coincidentally. It's such a downer, but this sax solo is so I soaring. <laughs> or is it, is it a little bit a little bit bluesy? A little sad? I think it's soaring. Sure. Yeah, I can't. All that. Right. that was uh, more accurate. Go ahead, Andy. Description. Coincidentally, the TV movie Fire Trapped on the 37th Floor aired on ABC. The screenplay was written to dramatically recreate evidence. Ev- oh events. Thank you. I know that the word is events. I know you know that. I'm just helping. 1988 First Interstate Bank Fire in Los Angeles. This cast included Lisa Hartman, Peter Scolari, and Lee Majors. This is a big digression. Uh, Time Magazine's a cover featured a U.S. Marine Marine's portrait with the caption, The War Comes Home. Um, a small town mourns its first casualty. It was killed in action in Saudi Arabia. That's it. A lot of downers in this week's Trek in well, history. This week, day in Trek history. Well, this is how we kick off I'm, the new year. My brain is slowly functioning less over time. What if I need any kind of a... Uh, you should play those uh, mind, uh, mind sharpening games. games. Is that what you know I should what I'm do? About? Yeah, sure. That old people are supposed to play? Sure. Uh, maybe that is what I need. I need it, too. Today, you saw me trying to get ready for this thing. Well, that's true. But I that was, was so frazzled. It's more of an organizational yeah, thing well, than that is a problem. brain function thing. All right. This is directed by Cliff Bull. Teleplay by Dennis Russell Bailey, David Bischoff, Joe Minoski, Ronald D. Moore. Story by Mark Scott Sikri. Here we go. Reconnaissance mission to the planet Mal- Malcoria 3 goes disastrously wrong when Commander Riker is injured and taken to a native hospital. There, Malcorian doctor soon uncovers true identity. To prevent worldwide panic, Picard and Troy beam down to meet with an astonished plan- the astonished planet's leader. Uh, 
But though Chancellor Durkin and his science minister Marasta, Marista, Marasta, uh, I forget, are both convinced by the Enterprise crew's message of peace and friendship, Dr- uh, Durkin's security officer, Kola, remains suspicious. After Riker unsuccessfully attempts to escape from the hospital, Krola steps in to interrogate him using potentially lethal drugs. When his questioning proves fruitless, Krola stages his own death and makes Riker appear to be the executioner, hoping to both prevent the aliens from gaining a foothold on his world and to quash Marasta's dreams of space exploration. Crusher beams down, bringing both Riker and Krola back up to sickbay. She convinces Durkin of what really happened. Though the Chancellor is satisfied with the Federation's good intentions, he realizes people aren't quite ready yet for the idea that they aren't alone in the universe. Durkin quietly puts his world's nascent space program on hold while granting Marista's wish to leave with the starship. Andy, you're settling in. Sure am. Are you ready? I am. Uh, I don't know that I need to play the beginning because it's just very hospital drama-y. Fair. Uh, It is a great teaser, though. I'll uh, say that much. I'll play the very end of it. You ever seen anything like this? Missing three costal struts on one side and four on the other. I think that's something. Look at this. There's digits on this terminus. Now I know uh, much of the much of the um, medical terminology is just our medical terminology, which I'm guessing the reasoning being that it's the Universal Translator changing it to our terminology but is all of it or is some of it made up that sounds like some of it's made up yeah i think that um it's probably hard to write uh, fake doctor words (laughs) it's not hard to write other made up alien things look at his weird hands well i mean our feet called terminuses what are you just a dude, baby. What if he woke up and said that? All right, so Riker's in trouble. We're uh, interesting cold open. If you if you're watching the show, you're like, what? The, where, where's where's my Star Trek? What is happening? What is what, what's with Riker on this on this weird this in this weird time, medical drama? Is this the first time they've done that on this show? Can't be, right? Like some weird beginning where it's like, what's going on? It's the first time that I don't. It's, I think it's the first time we don't see. The Enterprise. Yeah. I wonder. It's great. I loved it. Great great teaser. You don't have to wonder. We've watched all of these. I think it is. <laughs> we're in the crisis room. I wonder. If we're wrong, we'll find out. Sure. Medical facility. Someone will say. You've had a severe injury, but you're going to be all right. <sighs> I was caught in the riots when the police moved in. It's the last thing I remember. Can you tell us your name? Rivas. Rivas Jakara. I like that he has to he has to search for what is where do you live aliases in the Marta community on the southern continent you're a long way from home do you have any members of your family we should notify no I have no family I can't stay here I have to you're get in no condition to leave yeah oh look at all those writers several unusual things about lengthy. your case Mr. Jakara uh, your cranial lobes for instance they uh seem to be surgical implants. I asked the doctor to just make them plastic. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's like quite a length to go there. They seem to be doing a lot of disguise surgery on people. Uh, 
you'll see more of that later. We've seen it before. Is there anything else okay. found? I had one piece of jewelry, a metal pin. No, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, this was all we found. You know what that tells me? Somebody has There's a, a communicator, communicator out there. That's so true. This is a piece of the action all over again. Oh, my gosh. Someone write that into a novel. I'm sure it already is. Good question. Riker. Genetic irregularity. That thing isn't even the same species as we are. Keep your voice down. The last. By the way, crazy of a doctor to be like, that thing. Right. It's a mutation. Like, sure. let's just say it's a mutation. Well, that is an aspect that is that is the one thing that they're playing a little fast and loose uh, about in this episode is... These doctors are all going, gross! Right, exactly. It's basically like, th- it really feels like they're trying to say, they're basically us today. Or, yeah, for Or sure. in the 90s. Yeah. And... Um, and with that level of sophistication, and then when they need to, they're just like, we're people that are terrified of advanced civilizations and, well, look, and alien mean, creatures. I think people are, I think this is a great metaphorical episode for even today. Could be. They want to build a space wall. Could be. This thing we need is a panic in here Four over some... Rounds. It's all the space flights. They have attracted creatures from outer space. That's exactly the kind of thing I don't want. By the way, very astute. <laughs> what do you mean? That he just said he nails it. It's all the space flights. They're attracting creatures from out of space. <laughs> oh, he's right. He's 100% yeah, right. Sure. Yeah, he yeah. just nailed it. Yeah, yeah. No wonder he's a doctor. Good point. What are you going to do? He's a very hysterical doctor. Of all the medical facilities available. All the gin joints. Why did he have to end up here? I think we had a call central security. Well, I'm not calling anybody yet. Not till we've done a lot more. A lot more. I want his story checked out. Run a complete search through the medical library. Be absolutely certain there's never been anything like him. What if there's more of them? They could be everywhere. Gordon off the wing. I want security on his door 29 hours a day, and I want this kept quiet. Nice touch. Code three drilling, 29 hours a day. That is nice. I didn't even notice it. It's a very nice sci-fi touch. <laughs> that is nice. Boy, I really hope they... They should have just shot themselves. It would have been so great if he just <laughs> full-on... <laughs> <laughs> on on kill, just so, uh, blasted himself in the face. This is the uh, we're in the president's office, uh, <laughs> where uh, the scientist who's in charge of their space program is discussing warp activated. That's when it would break the light barrier. Yes, Chancellor. If we're successful, the craft will leave our star system, and in a matter of minutes, will be on its way to the Garth system. And then what? The Wayne system. Krola? We'll see what's there. How long, Rusty? Schwing. <laughs> we have the prototype design for the warp engine. It would simply be a matter of building the actual production unit. If I get your approval today, ten months, maybe less. Chancellor, I'll admit Marasta's enthusiasm for her work is seductive. But perhaps we're moving too fast. Your opponents will see this I love the as giant example glasses they put on this guy. Further from our traditional ways. My opponents look back as I look forward. I cannot believe that my people would choose to retreat after all we've done. I agree. Uh, so, I mean, this is a really... I, I just think this is a very well done story. Right. Um, but I do have a hard time figuring out why they can't beam Riker out. Do they... 
they must explain it at some point. Some kind of field or some crap. Some issue. I, f- I don't know. I guess we'll find out together, Andy. It is a classic thing of just like, can't they just find him on the planet? Can't they? Well, once, especially once they find out where he's being held. Because right. they believe in you, Chancellor. And that there are many who say we have gone far enough. All these new ideas. Also, it seems like there would have been more um, um, plan Bs for Riker. Like, just like, we, even when they say, like, don't you have any relatives? Uh, yes, call this number and have the number pumps up to the Enterprise somehow. Oh, that'd be good. Another thing I would like to have seen is, like, when you're going on these covert bullshit missions, yeah. I think that you should have not, you should have an implant um, for your communicator instead of an actual piece of jewelry you could lose. These are all things that would be very helpful. Not to this story. Not to this story because there was no problem. To the actual practicality of sure. of Star Trek, I think that that would be a thing that that they might look into. Because well, like you'll genetic- Rick, we finished our draft, but we solved all the problems on the seventh page. <laughs> well, I want you to go back and make more problems. <gasps> oh no! Now space travel. Don't come out till you do, because if you don't, I get Minoski and more in there. Oh, Minoski's a monster. <laughs> <laughs> I will not allow them to remain in the Dark Ages. The warp program will proceed as you have outlined, Marasta. And then we I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't even want to... Everyone- wanna... <sighs> do these people know that there is alien life? No, they do not. But they no. are on the precipice of warp drive. It's one of the other issues to me. It's like that it's they're like, sort of well, presenting them as primitive, but they are more advanced than we even currently are, or we're, certainly we're in the 90s, well, because they're on the precipice the, of what warp we are drive. Right, where we are right now. What do you mean? It's the whole xenophobia of everyone. Mm-hmm. It's every fucking country is electing a conservative person who wants to kick out people who are coming in. It's crazy. I think that's valid, but... I guess it's the technological fear that's more of the... Well, my fear is the leap in logic they all make, which is, uh, we can't travel faster than light. What if there's something out there? Right, right. (laughs) It's like, well, wouldn't you want to know? Well, I don't know, maybe you don't want to bring it to That seems to be what they don't want to know. It is very strange. catch their breath, including you. I love these alien birds. That's also, by the way... Seemed like a completely false way to calm someone. <laughs> a tap on the shoulder? I, mean, I think it was actually a believable thing for a politician to say, but just the idea of here's just the, like, here's the thing. We're just going to do this one little thing and then we'll stop. Do they know she's in here? Do they locate her? If they're locating her, why can't they locate Riker? That's really accurate. Valid. Anyway, we're in her lab right now, and very shortly, uh, a couple of Star Trek people are finally going to arrive. Disengage. Barasta Yale. Why did we beam into the dark side of this room? Don't be alarmed at our appearance. Chief, could you put us down in the dark? (laughs) We want to seem as as imposing and threatening as possible. We just don't want her to see our weird, smooth faces yet. (laughs) This is my sister. That actually makes sense. Yeah, totally. Kind of think you fixed it. What are you? We've come with some very important information. About what? 
about space. You have to feel like a lunatic. You're hurt, right? To enter. You're seeing this happen? Sure. We come from a federation of planets. Captain Picard is from a planet called Earth, which is over 2,000 light years from here. I'm from another planet called Beta Z. We've been monitoring the progress toward warp drive capability. When a society reaches your level of technology and is clearly about to initiate warp travel, we feel the time is right for first contact. We prefer a meeting like this rather than a random confrontation in deep space. We've come to you first because you're a leader in the scientific community. Scientists. Um, so it feels like they're really just the Federation seems to be like uh, Major League Baseball scouts. Yeah, that, that <laughs> is. That is what Once your arm's like. ready, we want to see you first in case the Romulans try to take you onto their team. <laughs> now, let me ask you. That's actually really that would be politically very smart of them. Well, it um, seems to I be what they do. Well, it's kind of it's probably more under the heading of exploration and connection, right? Sure. <laughs> You're always doubting the Federation's real goals. Um, here's a question I have. How long, did they say in here how long Riker was supposed to have been down there? And don't they have like a team of, I understand for the purpose of this show, we want it to be one of our main characters that's down there. But I, f- and I apologize if this is in there. I feel like I wanted some explanation of why Riker in particular in his, you know, having this important position on the flagship of the fleet, would be the guy that they stick down on the planet for a well, while. Well, I think it's the diplomatic uh, duties of the Enterprise. This is part of it. This is a thing that they do. I think this is a thing that they do. Make first contact with alien species. I mean, he's that's sort it's of like, the that's the driving that's the driving charter of the Enterprise. It just seems to like seek out new life and civilization. That should be a thing that like ships that are built specifically for that. I think do. the Enterprise is built for that specifically. But they I feel like they would have so many other exploration things to do. Well, they're seeking out new life and new civilizations. Yes, that's that true. It literally is the charter of their ship. But these people seem like they already I don't know, I guess it all makes sense. It just to me it's like they they this is like, well, that's a civilization that's more advanced. All right, we found them. We know what the general sense of what they're about is. Now we're going to move on and keep exploring with our giant powered ship, but and then send one of the first contact ships but he behind is the, us. He is the diplomat of the Federation. Like it's the flagship. He is there to raise the flag. He's the flagship. Like this is what they're supposed to be doing. This is the most on mission they ever are. You think so? This yeah. is it. Huh? This is this is the mission of this. If that's the case, this is it's crazy the amount of time they don't spend doing first contact missions. I agree. I agree. Huh. I think this is sort of like their 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 job is this. They also will seek out new life already space traveling. Uh-huh. And as he said, you don't want to have a deep space uh, encounter with someone. They prefer to have it this way. Right. So there. I think there's like pre there's other ships that come in, see this class M planet, they scan the surface, they figure out their maybe going to be close to warp drive and then someone else comes in and then finally I think the Enterprise comes in. That's what I've decided, with no basis in Well, you know more than me. ...easily than others. We almost always encounter shock and fear on this sort of mission. We hope that you will help us to facilitate our introduction. Is this a joke? Did Lupo and the others from the lab put you up to this? No, it's certainly no joke. As you can see, we are physically quite different from Malkorians. What kind of relationship does she have with Lupo and the other people in the lab? (laughs) 
I'm going to go into this 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 length to make an idiot out of her. I think they're like, let's trick her by having her dream play out and then take it away. That lady. She can't stop talking about making contact with aliens. Oh boy, are we going to have fun with her today? Finally, Troy makes sense on a mission. I was just thinking that. Although she doesn't say anything, of course. I would like that. She but gives she, a little but nod. she acts with her look. Yeah, that's true. I wonder if that's... Yeah, and he looks at her like, is it all right? The guard to Enterprise. Three to beam up. Yeah, I really like that a lot. So, Andy. Composition of the ship now makes sense. Why Troy's there. Suddenly we have a Bolian finally sitting at fucking 10 forward. Sure. Now that this lady's on board, we're gonna... Do you think he was like, hey, uh, anyone who's not a human, please come to 10 forward. We're showing one of these uh, new uh, races uh, how cool we are. I would think that that would be more startling with all the other input. I think. I think oh, I think he's he like, just happens to be he's like, let's have the most diverse 10 forward we can. Everybody go, go, go. We want to give her the most advanced haircut she could possibly get. Well, this is a this is an ensign in, in the engineering division or security. Oh, what do the bullion? What do the uh, the right barbers there. wear? What's their they, outfit? They, they, they wear They're in the haircut civilians. division. They wear civilian outfits. Oh. They're like teachers or gynem. <laughs> this lady, by the way, which is lady? Carolyn Seymour, um, the one playing the main character here. She's playing. She's playing Marista Yale. She's Marista also Yale. in Voyager. She's in Quantum Leap, Matlock, Greatest American Hero, Mortal Kombat, Annihilation. Congo, the classic movie about lasers and diamonds. So true. Didn't really have a second's claim to fame. but uh, It wasn't Congo? No. <laughs> I saw Congo, but weirdly, I read Congo. I well, think it was I in a Michael, Michael Crichton kick for a while. I think it's weird to have read a Michael Crichton book. Uh, Congo, though? Being you? Yeah, I guess that's fair. <laughs> Almost every person in this, and it's a big ensemble in this episode. Yeah, is has a hundred credits. These are like the most charactery character actors there ever was. A lot of a lot of that, a lot of that guys and that gals. Yeah. Um, but like conceptually, it's, it's such a lovely story to tell. It's great. She's looking out the ten forward windows at Earth, at not Earth, at uh, whatever this freaking planet's name is. Malora Five. I don't yeah, know. No, that's like completely made up sure. it was as if I was on a spaceship on my way to another world to meet people on other planets <laughs> part of me keeps waiting for the lights to come up and the program to end or to find out this is another prank by those damn me? people in the lab <sighs> we learn as much as possible about a planet before we make first contact one of the things we monitor are your broadcast signals, your journalism, your music, your humor. Try to understand you better as a people. <laughs> I hate to think how you would judge us based on our popular music and entertainment. <laughs> Not well. <laughs> we do get an incomplete picture, which is why we also do surface reconnaissance. planet for several years these are specialists highly trained observation teams superficially identical to yourselves and therefore able to blend naturally into your society you see 
We have discovered that the most hazardous aspect of these missions is the lack of sufficient information. You don't have to explain. I understand. So is it your contention, oh, Matt, not that Starfleet has had other people yes. on the planet, and then they gather the information, and then Picard and his people are like the final contact, the first contact people? It's. Yeah, I think that it's uh, Picard and, his, and other people and other ships with the same charter as the Enterprise. I guess. I guess what's like what's, a Yamato before it blew up. You know, other Galaxy class ships, other ships that are built for that kind of thing. R.I.P. Yamato. <laughs> um, that's. The, I guess that's what's a little bit kind of confusing to me is if they've been on the planet for several years. We're assuming it's not people from the Enterprise. Certainly not Riker. Then. Why do they stick Riker down there? Haven't they gathered all the intel that they need without Riker being down there? Of course they have. There's so, no episode, right? This is that's all. all that's yeah. all I'm arguing. Yeah. That's all. I'm I mean, there's a lot of fixes for this episode. Sure, wouldn't make the episode, but it's a good episode. It's a great episode. I, I really enjoyed this episode, by the way. But the uh, the the Riker thing was something that I was kind of like I. I just wanted them to explain it somehow why Riker in particular well, was like, the guy. Well, it's like when they did the thing where, you know, the, the hubris of the Federation sometimes is very weird to me. Like, you know, remember the episode from the third season where they have to go down, like, the proto-Vulcan culture? Yeah. You know, and they all they right. get genetically modified to look like them, and they yeah. go down. But those they were there because of... The Federation survey team was there studying the prehistoric culture. Right. Like, it's like, well, guys, fucking figure out what you want to be looking at. Like, do you want to just talk to pre very close to warp civilizations? Or, like, why are you risking this with these prehistoric cultures? Or That is a. I mean, we always see it when it goes wrong. I assume that there's something to be gained from studying these cultures. It's a little invasive, though. <laughs> it's definitely invasive. And it would Everybody be... It really would be... I mean, in this case, it's kind of just like a spy that's kind of amongst them living as one of them. <laughs> but in the other case, it's just like, wait a minute, you've been here peeping at us for like a century? For what? That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> they would think you were trying to infiltrate our society. Well, we died before here. One that has forced us to accelerate this entire process. One of our people is missing. My first officer, Commander William Riker, he was down on the planet's surface coordinating with the observation team the final details of contact. Well, there you go. That's what he was doing. He Why he couldn't do that on a fucking FaceTime call, I don't know. Disappeared. No, I feel dumb. My people was right there the whole time. But they've not been able to locate him. If there is anything you can do to help... Of course. Where was Riker's last known location? The capital city. He was under the name Rivas Jakara, a tourist from the Marta community. We must find him before someone realizes what he really is. If this gets out prematurely, it could seriously complicate matters. Our ideology is based on the assumption that the Malkorian is a supreme life form. And our world is the center of the universe. This is kind of Your arrival hilariously on will change point with our humans. entire understanding of life. And some will not want it to change. What about Durkin? Durkin. He will be open-minded, but cautious. I strongly suggest that you do not discuss your surveillance teams with him, at least not right away. 
he'd be mad. Rightfully so. I like in that moment... Because I kind of felt like Picard... I don't know. It felt weird that Picard went along with it, but I guess it makes sense that she's listening to her. Well, yeah, I think that's sort of part of why they send those teams down to the planet. You know, they get the full picture, and now they have one right there. Right. They should just just beam up the uh, true believers. You know what I mean? Well, that's a Instead good... of sending people down, just go, here, come on up. That's a really good point. Well, no, I mean, they should... Get them out of a chat room? They really shouldn't do that, because then <laughs> Those you'd are have, all the like... <laughs> yeah, then no one would believe them on the planet. Right. No physician named Crusher is on file. Oh, here's another thing. The woman is so impressed with, like, ah, oh, the planet below. Mm-hmm. But if they're near warp capability and they've already done space flights, don't they have pictures of that? Yeah, but you know, I, would, I assume it's she a lot like it is now. She does, she she's building the ships. She's not flying right. the test pilot. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. Not on this planet. Finally, he knows what I mean. Your address in Marta's an eating establishment. Doesn't the seem like that. Never heard of Rivas Proof to her. Though. Well, it's an eating establishment because I eat a lot. <laughs> I practically live there. Ask the owner. There's been some misunderstanding. There's a growing number of people on the other side of that door who believe that you are not one of us, Mister Jakar. Not one of you. That you are from another planet. Are you, Mr. Chikara? <laughs> and you realize what you're saying. I know how it sounds. I'm not anxious to make a fool of myself. Why not? This new era of space flight. It fires the imagination. This, this space flight thing is really up everybody's bonnet. It really is. Everyone's Find talking about it. the sky that turn out to be weather balloons. Well, it's far more likely that I am a weather balloon than an alien. Our medical journals have documented several cases of genetic mutation in recent history. Some unusual physical disfigurations have occurred. I'm just another case for your medical journals, then. Perhaps... But you, Mr. Jakara, are hiding something. And unless you tell me the truth about yourself, this rumor will persist and grow and could even become dangerous. Most especially to you. This is George Hearn. Had no claim to fame for me. <laughs> has been in everything. Like Do you think anyone, like, that's their favorite part of the show is like, no. who's Andy going to know this from? Uh, I don't know. You seem delighted with it. I'm uh, happy to I drop do, it. because it's usually very strange. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's always a weird back, HBO movie or something. They're out here waiting to see you, sir. <sighs> All right. Send them in. This is George Coe, though, Should and they he's just all over everything. Ben? Like, I don't know. Well, I guess they didn't want to freak him out. Always time to meet your friends, Marasta. Chancellor, I think you might want to clear your afternoon schedule for this. No ridges. No ridges. By the way, if someone walked into my office right, and that like some, looked like these people, right. I would never just go. Hi, how I are you? I would never mouth agape, stand up at my desk, and guffaw, and go, "What are you?" That's right, I would that's assume right. you were one of. But this me. is this is where I kind of feel like they're playing fast and loose with how advanced they say this 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 uh, civilization is. 
but like if you say if someone walked in uh if you walked into my office with a gray alien behind you then i will do that i will that is true. and stand up but if you walk in with someone who looks slightly well, of like course, the reality had a few head injuries if i walked in with a gray alien behind me you go hey who's your cosplay friend <laughs> what what well, property is he supposed to be i don't from? know i think it would be very uh, uh first of all it'd be terrifying and i <laughs> I'd try to run. I'd probably jump out of the window. He would definitely be socially uncomfortable, that's for sure. Um, uh, this guy is uh, from, uh, he's, I knew him from Moonlighting. Um, he was in Dallas, Saturday Night Live, huh? and various side characters in the 70s. That's interesting. He was in Max Headroom. Were you a Max Headroom fan? I mean, I am aware of it. Watched it as a kid when it was on, but don't really have any full recollection of any of it. Interesting. Oh, so let's a what a what an act break. Guffaw. Well, that's the other thing is I don't like a false act break where it's like I mean we see a lot of them in the show, but uh, and in all shows, but uh, I don't like that the act break is basically I'm seeing the thing that my contemporary also saw. Yeah. How will I react? (laughs) Tune in to find out. Exactly. Hearing stations, mission operations, and the two principal science stations. Data. Allow me to introduce Chancellor Avil Durkin and Space Administrator Marista Yale. Chancellor? Minister? Commander Data is my second officer. He's a rabbi, Chancellor. A constructed being. A machine? In a manner of speaking. The term artificial life form would be more accurate. Touchy. Captain Picard. Is there some place we might speak together without distraction? Away from this robot man. You want to kiss. I'm familiar with your species. What? Beam to the surface. (laughs) I have several matters to attend to. Not a word to anyone about this, Marasta. I just have to get someone to watch my cat. Will you escort the minister to the transporter room? Chancellor. Has there still been no communication from Commander Riker data? No, Minister. She's smooth. She blends right in there. Truly does. We've continued to scan the capital city without success. Scan the capital city without success. But they don't say why. That's the thing. I don't know. Maybe they they have no success. Yeah. Well, isn't he like taken away to a facility that's not in the capital city? Isn't that sort of the problem? I'm guessing in my head right now. I don't know. I'm just trying to help the show along. It'd be useful. With its holes. Sure. I've been saving this for a special occasion. My brother on Earth produces a fruit known as grapes, which he turns into wine. He's really quite good at it. Uh, Chancellor, we have a a tradition called a toast. It is a drink to salute one's friend. How do you think they're going to feel when they try to play guitar? Once these aliens discover guitar. They just have paddle fingers. They can't play a guitar. <laughs> and we'll, I'm sure it'll be outlawed on the planet. And I would like uh, side note, the uh, um, Chateau Picard label looks nothing like the Chateau Picard label. I assume I got from Nemesis for your for your Chateau Picard bottle. Well, you know, Chateau Picard also christens the uh, Enterprise Maybe that- B. I mean, there's a... You see Chateau Picard a lot. They have a bunch of different labels. Uh, he was saving that one, though, yeah. for some reason. Sure. Don't worry, Andy. You did well. How many Toast. first contact planets was he saving to for? Our new f- Seven. Oh. Friendship. I didn't check if your physiology can ingest wine. Oh, well, they did, I'm sure. Sure. 
they have the whole transporter pad. Well, it was just. He probably sends it down to. I think it'd be funny. Right, like uh, uh, Mr. O'Brien, send the pattern to Doctor Crusher. I want to see if he can handle wine. Sure. <laughs> we have something very much like this on Melkor Three. Grape juice. We <laughs> find we have much in common, and much that is not in common. An opportunity to face. learn from one another. You speak the language of diplomacy very well, Captain. Thank you. That's why I got the ship. Appreciate and understand. But I have learned to not always trust it. Trust requires time and experience. My world's history has recorded that conquerors often arrived with the words, "We are your friends." We are not here as conquerors, Chancellor. What do you want? A beginning. But how we proceed is entirely up to you. And if my wishes should conflict with yours, there'll be no conflict. And if I should tell you to leave and never return to my world, we will leave and never return. Cool. If I ask you to jump on one leg. I ask you to erase the last two days so your crew doesn't even remember that they were here. Oh, we can do that. Weirdly, we just had an incident like that. Oh, really? Yeah. That's odd. No, it was like a week ago, actually. Oh, very strange. You know, it's the damdest thing. I what suppose about, I could do that for you. Doesn't your ship have timepieces that wouldn't match up with the rest of the Federation? <laughs> yeah. Why? Do you? Oh, my God. <laughs> Jordy, get in here. You lied to us the whole time. <laughs> Chancellor to instantly transform a society with technology. Actually, he doesn't know that that happened. Oh, that's right. He doesn't know. Only Data knows that that that's happened. That's right. What a secret Data has. Harmful. Oh, you know what the claim to fame is for this guy? It's really dumb. What? It's just keeping with your opinion. Uh, Remo Williams. <laughs> that was where I most remembered this guy from. <laughs> wow. Did you like Remo Williams? No, I never saw it. You never saw it. Never saw it. Matt, no it's Patreons. going on the list. <laughs> I don't know. What, what is it? What is it? Yeah. It's a, and Janeway's in it. And Janeway's in it. You mean Kate Mulgrew. Yeah, it's not. She's not Captain Janeway. In it, although she is in the military. <laughs> um, uh, it's, a, uh, it's a thing. I'm sure it's hopelessly dated in a million ways. Why? It's why? Fred Ward as a guy who... They erase his identity and then train him to be basically an assassin for a secret company. But it's like uh-huh. kind of fun comedy adventure, except it's got a lot of problems. The, the most fun thing is there's this huge, long training sequence that is subtly racist where Joel... Joel... Murray? Uh, no. It's... Um, I don't remember his name. Shoemaker. No. Um, That's it. Those are two Joels. Those are the two Joels. Uh, trains him uh, in uh, in a Korean ninjutsu form. And it's really fun. This seems like something I don't want to watch. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, BB New Earth was working on Cheers at the same time. In order to dovetail her schedule, it was sometimes necessary for her to go through makeup with Star Trek Next Generation, then skip across the lot to rehearse with Cheers in alien makeup, and then return to TNG to finish the makeup and shoot. She reported that the Cheers cast appreciated the humorous distraction. It was uh, Joel Gray. Um, for you OCD people out there. Um, uh, I was uh, delighted with this. So how far in is she at this point into Cheers? This is 1991. This is season 10 of Cheers. And how long had Lilith been on it? Since season four. 
And was B.B. Newworth a we, fan? We used to live in Dory's old apartment. B.B. Newworth? Yeah. Oh, that must have delighted you. It was a delight. That's why I married her. <laughs> wow, that's, that's a thin tether you're, you're basing that mm-hmm. life decision on. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you feel like just her essence somehow I just felt, transferred I just also felt to Dory. like Frasier, you know? Right, yeah. Um... Uh, was B.B. Newworth the fan? Because it it's interesting that, I don't know, it's such a... It's Fred Steiner's in Frasier. So is Patrick Stewart. I mean, a, I think they just, they just, they were friendly. They bounced back and forth. It's such a Lilithy kind of offshoot part, this part. Like, she's nerdy, but sexy, but, you know, kind of, but well, smart. I think B.B. Newworth's never not going to be sexy, because it's B.B. Newworth. Sure. Uh, but, uh, I don't know, it just, I don't know, it felt... That was a very Andy thing to say. Which one? Me talking about BB North. Oh, that's 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 who your crush is on. Um, but I think she. Does, I mean, it's a very funny role, and I do love that that Riker does wind up sleeping with her. It's so. so funny. Amaz- I really love this whole scene. It doesn't forward the plot. I guess it gets him to escape, but you know, no, it doesn't forward the yeah. plot. Literally, doesn't because he just ends up back in the hospital bed. It's so by, by escaping, he winds up back in the right. same place he was. It does not forward the plot at all. It's uh, it heightens the stakes that everybody finds out about him through this. Yeah, good because there's nothing to be afraid of. We shouldn't fear the unknown. I mean, there's a whole episode uh, of Frasier where uh, Frasier has to deliver a bar mitzvah speech in Klingon. Yes, there's a lot of crossover because of uh, I think honestly because of their proximity on the lot to each other. Oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. We should embrace it. Can you help me get out of here? Are you really an alien? (laughs) It's all right to tell me. No, I'm not an alien. I don't believe you. You are an alien. I really have to leave. I could divert the guard's attention. You might stand a chance if you took the service exit down the hallway to the right. To the right? Fine, let's do it. Why should I? Well, you know why. I don't belong here. I have to get back on my ship in space. (laughs) He's leaning into it. It's really a great double. The performance from both of them is amazing. I believe you. It's, it's a little broad, but it's just it's very broad. It's but I so, perfectly broad. It's so satisfying for the for the for the scenario and for the moment. I think it's perfect. Yeah. If you make love to me, <laughs> what? I've always wanted to make love with an alien. Listen, Miss Lanell. Lanell holds up her paws. I really have to get going. All the other aliens are waiting for me. Oh, it's not so much to ask. And then I'll help you escape. It's not that easy. There are differences in the way that my people make love. I can't wait to learn. (laughs) But it's... It's your only way out of here. My alien... I like the what a, I like the like Frakes is sort of like I guess I'm doing this. I love that look because it's just like well anyone else wouldn't do this but I probably would want to do this anyway yeah. I guess it helps the mission and I might as well it's just so great I turned the engine down too much there what I said I turned the engine down too much the noise I see what are you talking about 
I mean, the they, engine. I had them quiet the engine. Something's happened to him. I think he's dead. Go on, get some help. She have something on her face then from from the. No, I mean she's it's just got rouge. These, she's got alien ridges. I see. I feel like there's more rouge on her face, but different lighting in here could be. Anyway, wonderful scene. I love the, they have general trivia. B.B. Newirth, graduated from Princeton High School in Princeton, New Jersey, majored in dance at the Juilliard. <laughs> sure. Oh, I love that he also says, like, basically, uh, oh, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah, call yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. I'll play that. I'll call you the next time I pass through your star system. <laughs> How many times has he said that line? <laughs> <laughs> and the exhale from her is great. Um, the, the one guy there, if you just watch this, I'm going to put the volume down. This is one of those classic, uh, action-y scenes with no real dialogue that Andy and I shouldn't really be talking over anyway. But, uh, if you watch the, there's the first guy that comes in swinging his, uh, what do we call it? A like a billy club of sorts. Tongs. Oh, uh, the, the weapon. Like swings it so hard that it dents the wall. Like he was literally going to crack Riker. In half. I like the, the. Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? I think it's the guy that went to go get help. Here he is. Comes. <laughs> Just like the <laughs> amount like of. Force. What were you going to do? Kill it. You were going to kill this thing. That's a that's stuntman acting right there. I yeah. think stunt stuntmen are just so impressive when you see them do their thing and hurl their bodies into danger on set. Yeah. But but they have there's no there's nothing below 10 that a stuntman does. They like They want everything they to look They just want you to come in and then just slip and just sort of stumble yeah. down and they do nope. a fucking huge somersault in <laughs> yeah. the air. Uh, like right. don't don't ask uh, don't ask, if you want a banana peel slip don't don't get a stuntman. Uh all right. So now the main xenophobe here is having Rasta, an angry conversation. You are incredibly naive. Can you be so enraptured with the notion of space travelers that you are blind to the threat they represent? I have seen their vessel crawler. If they chose to be hostile, I do not think we would be standing here now. Why should they use force when we are ready to lay down in fear? I do not lay down in fear. To them or to you. That was a campaign promise. Chancellor, I mean no disrespect. <laughs> uh vote Durkin. He will not lay down in fear. <laughs> but I have repeatedly warned you about your policies. Hard working Durkin, everybody. Won't lay down in fear. You're, really, to die you're to working to get this guy reelected. Open your eyes, Krola. We are part of a greater community. We cannot ignore it. You would ignore them as they infiltrate and spy on us. This is what Michael Lensing. Krola. I know him from Kiss Me Goodbye and War Games as the aide. Uh... <laughs> Let me see. What do I know him from? Maybe, also, maybe Third Rock. Oh, I definitely know him as the fucking the 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 Ghostbusters. Oh, of course. He's the, uh, the five thousand dollars. I had no idea it would be so much. I won't pay it. Yes, from the, from that the library. Um, no, the Hotel Sedgwick. Hotel. Sorry. Come on. Who? What did the guy in the, the library, guy in the library say? goes? Uh, what does what that the hell does that do? mean? Yeah, what does right. that got to do with anything? Back right. off, man. I'm a scientist. Yeah. Right. Um, whatever the case. Uh, and all of these people. I can't believe your I won't. claim to fame wasn't Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters is not my thing. I mean, I like Ghostbusters. I see that he has a poster I, I of it. Ghostbusters in front it. of me. It's great. It's kind of wasted on me. There's a, the Ecto-1 
uh, and its uh, antecedents, whatever the ones that came after, um, are right outside. That's not our, true. Only Ecto One is out there. Ecto One A, which was used in Ghostbusters Two, is not out there. I think that actually might be the one from Ghostbusters Two, and not Ghostbusters One. It's not. It's not because the Ghostbusters Two Ecto had very different stuff on top of it, oh, right. including a sign, a, a, a sign that said a, a blinking LED, not an LED sign, but like you know one of those signs that like had writing on it. Yeah, it had one of those signs on it. That's funny. Um, yeah, I'm a big Ghostbuster guy. You know, I, li- I like to I like the the first one. Also, I recommend it to anybody out there if you can you have the opportunity to see it on the big screen. Uh, at Does it make a difference? Screening. Oh, like I gotta say, I haven't seen it full screen just, in a while. You just forget how fucking funny it is, and then you're watching it with a huge group, and you're hearing jokes that like you just haven't. Does laughed it really at it hold so up? Long. My my sense. Yes. Even though Bill Murray will forever be, you know, just just walking gold on a screen, but. Uh, my sense is it has not aged well in terms of the pacing. Uh, I would argue otherwise. It's a, it's a, it's a calm pace. And I, what a, another thing I really like about it is aesthetically, yeah. it fully holds up because all of their costuming is so, sort of timeless. Right, that's true. Because they're always in like button-up plaid shirts or, you know, uh, suits. Right. So it all it all looks it all looks of any time, right? Except for Sigourney Weaver's hair, <laughs> right? Like literally, that's the only thing that doesn't look of time. You mean when she's Zool or when she's a regular person? Both, uh-huh. right? So anyway, I would say uh, anyone out there who hasn't seen it on the big screen, if the if your if your if your local uh, theater happens to be running it at some point, maybe during Halloween, I would highly recommend seeing it. Chancellor. I've seen it, I think, four or five times in the last ten years of the big screen. Picard's first officer. Jaws I've seen like three times in the last four or five years on the big screen. Jaws really is wonderful on the big screen. Commander Riker. You knew about this arrest? He has been missing for two days. I told Captain Picard not to discuss this. Because I was afraid this is exactly what would happen. What else do you know, Marast? Everything. They have been on our planet, observing for several years. Years? Imagine what they have done. Influenced our young, stirred up dissent. They were collecting information. Where is this Commander Riker now? He's in the Sikla Medical Facility. He's recovering from surgery. He suffered head injuries in an escape attempt. He will recover consciousness in a few hours. Oh boy, everyone's a little on edge here. And then, uh... And then we get this moment. At least give him time to regain some strength. Come back tomorrow cannot wait until tomorrow. They really make this surgery room very dark. Well, this is the recovery room, oh, Andy. the recovery room, I see. Come on, you don't want to have a headache. Uh, we can get help from his ship. With our medical technology, he might recover. We're not giving him back. It's the one advantage we have now. Use your drugs to revive him. 
Those drugs increase cardial rate and vascular pressure. That's the last thing we need to do to him right now. Probably be enough to kill him. You can't do it. Revive him. I'm just a physician, Minister. I, I don't know much about affairs of state. But he is a living, intelligent being. I don't care if the Chancellor himself calls down here. I have sworn an oath to do no harm, and I... They also have the Hippocratic Oath down there. be funny if it was... Find someone to I have sworn you. an oath to do no hurting stuff to patient person. We got this guy from our sea world. That's who he goes to get to replace him. They find someone who will do harm to intelligent creatures. <laughs> Sorry, it was a journey. I didn't mean to, didn't mean to take everyone there. Um, there was some bad ADR at 1550. We don't have to go back for it. Um, and uh, and I think, is it in this scene that he says, uh, I go home to a beautiful wife and two daughters? No, I think it's before this that the Chancellor says this to Picard. Uh, I think he says it here. Oh, he does? All right, well, let's hear it. What, 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 I want to hear your point about this. Should I, just, I wait for him to say it? I feel like I, I could say it before. <laughs> I guess it's just my read on it. Just based on the amount of people that give Picard shit for not having a family and not having a wife and kids. So I go home to a beautiful wife and two daughters. I think that's important. He turns and says that right to Picard. It's just like, everybody lay off this guy. I think you know a great deal more about me than I know about you. In what respect? You speak of trust and peace working together to enter a new era. And at the same time, you conduct secret surveillance posing as Malkorians. Commander Riker. Commander Riker. Arresta said it would be a mistake to discuss yes. this with... Yes. She's already tried to accept the responsibility. It was my error, not hers. Chancellor... There is no starship mission more dangerous than that of first contact. But Andy wants weird other ships to go, not the Enterprise. <laughs> Look, it's already been established. Other people are down on the planet. You know what we'll By the way, when we open the I think door. that would be another great Star Trek series. A team of... Don't pitch them. They're actively looking. Someone will just take it. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Silly Billy. You should, you should write it down now and send it. Okay. What on a new world... Send it to their e- to their email, CBS's email. What exactly the date? Less at CBS. <laughs> oh no, it's the only email I have. It's bouncing back. <laughs> it was decided then we would do surveillance before making contact. It it was a controversial decision. I believe it prevented more problems than it created. What was he referring to? The Klingons? Yes, and this I would really love to have heard about. And that should be totally oh, you, a discovery you, you flashback. Can. It's on. It's an Enterprise. It's the first. Oh, pilot, really? The pilot of Enterprise. Oh, that's great. That's yeah. a great pilot. Yeah. Sure is a good. Was it good? Disastrous. Contract. I mean, I know people were. Is eh, the pilot no. good? No. It's hey, look. Eh, they tried, and they're trying again. God, that's such a Everyone great place tried. to start the show. Huh? Too bad, Randy. You can watch it. I know. It sounds like it I wasn't successful. Pilot. Too bad. You could make it successful. I'm going to reboot Enterprise. <laughs> it was decided there. God, everyone's booing you. We would do surveillance <laughs> before making contact. It, it was a controversial decision. Good acting right there. So good. I believe it 
prevented more problems than it created. I can appreciate the logic of your position, Captain. It's funny you say logic. But Mr. O'Brien, beam down a Vulcan. <laughs> after contact would have been in order. Dr. Salar. In time, there would have been full disclosure. I can only ask you to believe that. On other worlds, it would not be an issue. Is he but here, everything our observers reported indicated that the people of this world would almost certainly react negatively to our arrival. We could see that even surveillance might be interpreted as an act of aggression. I hope that we would have found Commander Riker before you did, so that this matter would not complicate our introduction. It was a mistake. Yes. A mistake I might have made in your place. Let's be friends. Like it, actually. Like it. That you make mistakes like any man. I really like this. Chancellor, I have made some fine ones in my time. Now, I must ask you. Will you release my officer? ADR. Mm -hmm. We'll talk again later, Captain. Enterprise, one to beam up. This is going to blow your mind. Which one? <laughs> oh, uh, we have sorry. Riker. Sorry, sorry. It's uh, <laughs> just it, it's me. Beam me up. I guess I can't say that because, you know, Kirk. But one, please. <sighs> Boy, the, uh, the, the life of a chancellor, you know? You're acting director of the facility, Neil Rem? Norman finally got that promotion he'd been gunning for. He's wearing a special jacket now. Well, it's a medical jacket to do medicals. I don't think he was wearing it before. So I, I wish I could. Uh, yeah. I wish I could jump use that ten second button without the sound playing. But that's. Uh, I guess I'll just mute the whole thing. Oh, weird. Um. So he he. This is I. I like this scene a lot. Um. Because it is very, you know. Spy movie e with the it's definitely there's a lot of interesting flavors yes it's interesting that they set this that they they set up these this alien planet as like in the chancellor in particular as like they are all distrust not trusting of the federation to a certain degree and a little bit defensive but they're all fairly reasonable. Even this crazy secret agent guy who's who's clearly doing something completely off the rails, killing himself. Um, he he's doing it for because he legitimately believes that that will help his people. Yeah, I think they all have the best interests of their people, and in, uh, but they don't know what they can't agree on what the best interests are. Which is pretty great. Yeah, I think that's really just a nice metaphor for society. Yeah, so. it really is. Man. Except for just. You know, the people that don't have anybody's best interests about their own. Like who? I don't know. Just people. Yeah. Kim Jong-un, yes, maybe. So true. Sorry. Yeah. Neil Young. Huh? I'm just throwing Neil Young out <laughs> oh, of the bus for no reason. All right. I have no, I have no <laughs> investment in Neil Young. I'm sure you'll offend somebody here. <laughs> I love Neil Young. Time. Do you? Uh, yeah, it loves a strong word. First, I need to ask you some questions. <laughs> Spin the Neil Young minute. <laughs> Thank you for seeing me. 
I feel like all the side actors with the pause are really <laughs> trying to find any any excuse they can to kind of really show oh, their. That's, I feel like that's Cliff Bowl. Show being their like, claws, being like lift it higher. We want to see the. We want to see the pause. Yeah. I would have asked for your resignation. I felt I was acting in the best interests of our people, Chancellor. When you are selected to occupy this office, then you will have the privilege of deciding the best interests of our people. Oh, snap. All right, then I'm running. No, I meant, uh... <laughs> Picard, I can excuse. But you, Marasta, you should have trusted me. Chancellor, we must release Riker to Picard. Any hope for a relationship with these people depends on it. I can't afford to be the idealist you are, Marasta. But Riker... I am prepared to release Riker after we have interrogated him. Are you prepared for him to die, Chancellor? His injuries are extremely serious. A mob at the medical facility almost killed him. Krola has ordered... I mean, it was four people. I don't know if it was a mob. Oh, unless that was another thing we didn't see off screen. That would have been cool. Word getting out, a mob forming outside of that hospital. That would have been a real conundrum. Drugs to be used to revive him for questioning. Drugs that in his condition would be dangerous for him. Without medical aid from his ship, I believe that Riker will not survive the day. You must tell Picard where he is. You have lied since the moment of your capture, and I believe you are lying now, Commander. Now we're here on a mission of peace. Such noble creatures. Why do peaceful people develop such lethal weapons? Or do you still insist it's just a toy? Yeah, you killed that inanimate object, all right. Is that what it would have done? Well, there's so many settings on a phaser. So there's is there a push setting that it would push over an IV stand? Wouldn't it wouldn't it have just sort of heated it up? Yeah. Probably. <laughs> Good point, Andy. Perhaps like Mr. This shows a bunch of bunk. Bunch of bunk. I cannot. For however you would describe your intentions, you still represent the end to my way of life. I cannot permit that to occur. Eventually, Durkin would choose to welcome your people with arms open and eyes closed. I must force him down another path. When they find us, I will be dead. Killed by your weapon. The lines will be drawn. I also like that we think peaceful accord will no longer be that he's going to kill Riker, and instead it's the reverse. Yeah, I think that's a really smart reversal. Good, uh, good writing. For my people, I think he's trying to hit it, make it stun, put it on the stun setting. Ah, well, that was a good shot. Yeah, like, uh, it went right well, in. It's a well-framed shot. It was great. In a weird it shoots way. right at the screen. I don't know screen. why we're looking at the point of view of his chest torso (laughs) (laughs) I feel actually a better shot would have been from Riker's POV anyway that's just I'm not here to second guess Cliff Bowl good director really enjoy a lot of the episodes he did we have to get him on vital buffers right now hi everyone I'm a real doctor I'm a physician don't be frightened I know marginally more than your primitive culture yes he shot him with that thing. Crush it to Picard. Go ahead. Uh, look, 
I think that this pillow that Riker's head is on looks pretty comfortable. Alien pillow. Sometimes I like a square alien pillow, <laughs> aka the the decorative pillows at a hotel over the super soft, ridiculous pillows. Oh, the small ones. Yeah, yeah. Like I find myself using them more than I, I don't like hotel pillows. They're no. all too soft. Oh, without question. You know the fact that they don't have an option for like a firmer one or a Tempur Pedic one. It's very strange. Yeah, it's uh, my number one hotel complaint. Yeah, this has been hotel complaints with Matt and Mandy. <laughs> Back to Star Trek. Commander Riker is near death, but there's still some brain activity. I need to get him back to the ship. I'm sorry, I meant near Worf. Acknowledge. And there's a so male with a phaser wound in his upper chest. <laughs> I need to get him back as well. We'll meet you on the Enterprise. Card out. Uh, so finally, uh, they let him go. They let. They let. They let. Picard know where Riker is. Sure. Why they weren't. They're both told. going to be okay. Earlier, we were at least able by to stabilize what's Will. her face. If we had been any later, Crowler. He was never in any real danger. The phaser was on stun. Stun. It's a defensive weapon. Have you been able to ascertain what happened? Based on the angle of impact, it suggests that Crowler's left hand was on the phaser when it went off. They were struggling for the weapon. Commander Riker was in no position to offer any kind of struggle, Chancellor. Crowler was trying to be a martyr. I couldn't tell if she looked at him, like, with respect or just stunned. I think respect. Yeah. Like, oh, you respect your ideals. All right, now I want you to raise his paw and then put your paw on top of it, right into frame. Everyone's point of view is a torso. <laughs> I really want to get a lot of shots of the paws. Did it work? Did they leave? What is this? You're aboard the starship, my foolish old friend. No, Chancellor. You must not. You must not pursue relations with them. Must not. I know. I know. I know. But Chancellor... Marasta, it goes against every instinct of my being. But my people are not ready to accept what you represent. Everything that happened in the hospital proves that. I mean, we had a doctor willing to kill someone. Except for... Your man having sex with the lady. That probably indicates that people are ready. But. Also, be on the lookout for one of these half-breeds. You know, <laughs> like a Vulcan-human hybrid or a Beta-Z. Best g- evidence of all. Yeah. God, this next episode. This, I mean, this, 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 this graphic novelization of the communicator being found by I BB know, there's Earth a whole thing here. And Riker's half-son-daughter. Half if there's any down. canon that connects to that, or, there or, isn't. or Beta, not canon. Oh, thank God. Memory I'll beta stuff. Like Please, him. somebody let us know. Us in the present, before we can move into the future. But when we encounter other beings in space, our people must be ready. The warp program will have to be delayed. We will divert more resources to education and social development. It's not we'll a prepare bad idea. for the day when we Agreed. are ready. <laughs> Chancellor, I strongly disagree. I know. Captain. You once said if I asked you to leave, you would do so without hesitation. I'm afraid I must ask you to do just that. I love how disappointed he is. It's your decision, Chancellor. But I must say, 
I had a bunch of snacks ready I for you guys. I regret that I won't have another wine, too. Have the opportunity of knowing your people better. We're a good people, Captain. Society with much potential. Once we cross the threshold of space, we shall have to give up this self-importance, this conceit that we are the center of the universe. But this is not the time for that. For now, we will have to enjoy that sweet innocence. So crazily topical, <laughs> this thing that was written so 30 years ago. So it's always, that's the mark of good sci-fi. That's really good. The stories will be told for many years, I have no doubt. But the ship that made contact, the alien who was held prisoner in the medical facility... And had sex with someone? charges of a government conspiracy. That'll be on the front page of the Weekly World News. Some sure. of the witnesses <laughs> will tell their tales, and most of the people will laugh at them. And go back and watch the more interesting fiction of the daily broadcasts. It will pass. So they're near warp, but still doing broadcast television. That's crazy. Networks, yeah. network, networks last a lot longer then. Well, we on their planet, you said daily broadcast. We don't know what. Uh, well, broadcast. Ha- we don't know is. how fractured that business has become. Yeah, that's very true. There could be many, 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 many broadcasts. Yeah, he's probably there right. Not people like us making Captain a living Picard, at that point. I have one last request. Take me with you. I want to fight Data. <laughs> what? Hand to hand. Happy with the restrictions I must place upon her at home, Captain. We may not be back here in your lifetime. And I have to believe that you cannot be fully prepared for the realities of space travel. I have been prepared for the realities of space travel since I was nine years old and sitting in a planetarium. Ooh, they call it a planetarium. <laughs> That's like us. Mr. Wolf to my ready room. A planetarium being a fish tank. Escort Chancellor Durkin to the transport room, Lieutenant. And then incinerate And assign quarters to Minister Yale. She will be remaining on board. Aye, sir. I don't get it, but okay. <laughs> this is my question now. So I yeah. assume this is a basic part of first contact, that if somebody's like, oh, this person's advanced and they're beyond their culture, we can incorporate them into the Federation. Isn't there a huge uh, danger that that person if they want to return to their planet will, or even if they aren't allowed to return to their planet, that they will it's like, yes, I'm advanced I can be part of the Federation, but then they're just they just want to take the technology back to their people um, or become an overlord or well, some I shit. Well, I think on her case, because she was the first person they chose to contact anyway uh-huh. they know she's not going to do that they sus- assume she's not going to do that. Yeah, but they've been there for three years watching her every move because she's inventing warp drive. <laughs> yeah. I guess I just feel like there's a danger with that kind of move. To well, bring with people like Andy, yeah. Someone from that. Well, I certainly would come back and be an overlord of the whole planet with my advanced technology. Just oh, boy. Wait, Andy, there's episodes about you. Oh, yeah? We'll return, then. Oh, that'll be a good... Uh... And when we get to that episode, which might be in season five, that'll be a really good um, Secundus claim to fame. Oh, yeah. With yeah. luck, we'll both be around to renew our friendship, Captain. That's nice. Uh, by the way, what if the first episode of Picard is him with this chancellor? <laughs> Could be. Ah, someone do it. If you know that person. Who's Michael right. Shaban. Michael 
Stop writing your Hebrew cop fiction. He's on the show, you know. I know. Oh, okay. I know. Uh, so, Andy, that was uh, that was First Contact. It was the, First Contact. The TV episode. I really enjoyed it. You know how I know it's a good episode? Oh. We only talked about it for like an hour and 20 minutes. Hmm. Not two and a half hours of like, what is going on here? You yeah. know what it is? It's when there's like so much... Um, ticky-tucky dialogue and um, a very clear sort of uh, story. That there's less to say? There's less to say about it. Other than to say, great acting. Good job. This scene's great. I think we did a great job. (laughs) Um, It's definitely... It's going to be an interesting NBC and Andy's. I just don't even know. Let's get to it. Oh, God. And let's get to the fast version. Oh. Wow. Well, it's the MVC, yeah, the end. If the beginning of this episode that made you think we would be a much slower podcast this year, the end of this episode must be very confusing. We're going to turn it in under two hours. I can't believe it. Well, wow. I spoke too soon. It's We get time. Um, MVC. Most valuable crew member of this episode, Andy. Who do we have? Who does things? I mean, nobody's ever in danger. Well, Riker's in danger. I mean, right. So I guess it's who saves Riker. Well. It feels like it's a little bit happenstance. I feel like it might just Picard. be Beverly Crusher. Who saves her? She, he literally saves yeah. both of them. Yeah, it's certainly. I mean, the diplomacy of Picard on Certainly not O'Brien can't friggin' find uh, Riker on the planet. I mean, that's just on them. Yeah. I mean, that's real dumb. Yeah. Does anybody else do anything? No. All right. Beverly Crusher. Is it, are we really going to give it to Beverly Crusher? I can't ima- I can't think of anybody else who does anything. It feels like it's mostly the, the most of the players are on the planet. I agree. You could argue that Picard is I've, instrumental, but he doesn't even I feel successfully like make first contact. Minister Yale. Yeah. Who's not on the crew. Yeah. Until she gets quarters. Yeah. Although she doesn't really, she kind of just wants to stir up trouble. I mean, not intentionally, but she does. She wants to stir up trouble? She doesn't correctly read her people. Uh, she like does. She doesn't read she does, the Chancellor if they, correctly. Yeah, but if, if, this, if the Riker situation is not as it I is, guess she true. has correctly read them. I guess that's true. She's trying to she tells them that I think turning into what, gonna, exactly what she thought. They they're going to be weird if they find out Riker's there, and they are. Yeah. She misread the Chancellor. Because he, he theoretically no, I think ultimately, he is reasonable after he has that yeah, conversation. Yeah, ultimately he still is. Uh-huh. And, she, you know, he says it goes against every fiber of my being, but these people aren't ready yet. Right. But Is it look, Worf not for the... taking Minister Yale successfully to, to her quarters? quarters? <laughs> I sir. <laughs> Removing the phaser from uh, Riker's hand. Right. Yeah, it's Beverly. And also Beverly figures out the specifics of the... I love it. Of the shooting. It's Beverly. Beverly Crusher, forensic pathologist. Beverly Crusher, you did it. You were a good doctor. Do-do. And you figured out the murder mystery inherent in the plot. Okay. Time for some Andes, Andy. The Andes. Or some other method of ranking. We're working on it. I'm giving this a 7.5. Oh, that was a very quick Andy. No preamble to the 7.5. I just, I really feel certain about it. I feel like it's exactly there. It's like, it's not... Like, oh my god, this episode! But it's so solid, it's totally on tone Mm -hmm. and intention of the whole series in a way that you would 
you would imagine First Contact, an episode called First Contact, would be. But you know, rarely does it does it really nail it like that in terms of like this is basically the kind of show it should be. Yeah, and here it is. Um, I will also say, um, I love Picard in this episode. Like he's he's just like. Like what the what the chancellor says about him um, beyond obviously the amazing performance by Patrick Stewart is always just like Picard's ability to see another perspective and admit his mistakes and you know it's just such great qualities in that character that so easily could be just an arrogant douchebag. I think it's a very well done episode, um, and it's very good sci-fi, and it's a solid seven for me. Seven. Yeah. A little bit lower. A little bit lower than Andy, but still a seven. Fair. Uh, all right. It's time for the trailer for uh, episode 16 of season four, Andy. This is Galaxy's Child. Okay. A deadly encounter with a strange life form. It is moving directly toward the ship. Evasive maneuvers. And suddenly the Enterprise becomes its prey. Whenever we try, Junior responds by sucking up more energy. Now the crew's trapped in its death grip. How long before the power drain becomes critical, Mr. LaVord? Captain, just a little more time. 30 seconds to intercept. Red alert. All decks go to emergency level 7. Alien Crisis on the next exciting episode of Star Trek The see, Next bro, Generation. I'm sorry. <laughs> Seems like a weird space. Really, really not episode. what it's about. Okay, but uh, I like this episode quite a bit. All right, that's just my my pre my preview pre review. I look forward to it. Um, yeah. Before we uh, hop back into the president circle, yeah. um, if you have a voice for us, please send it to eight one six Trek TNC. Our Instagram and our Twitter is at Star Trek TNC. Gentleman across from me is at Matt Myra. Um, he's waving. Uh, my Instagram is at Andrew Secunda. My Twitter is at Secunda. And uh, as uh, Matt had mentioned earlier, uh, if you uh, are interested in bonus content, uh, we're doing Star Trek Discovery now. Uh, or at least we did last month. We'll see what we vote for next month. Um, that was three hours. That was three hours. And we were original. Our original plan, which I cut out of the episode when we discussed our original plan, was to do Vulcan Hello and binary stars as one full episode but when we hit the three hour mark talking about Vulcan Hello Andy and I uh, correctly saved you from us yes from our mouths and (laughs) our brains but you know it's up to you guys you want to hear the battle of binary let us know Uh, you can vote over there at the Patreon lots of fun activities over there Uh, those are the activities anyway Patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. And if you want to send us anything, uh, it's Andrew Secunda, P.O. Box 46898, Los Angeles, California, 90046. Direct hails. Send us a letter. Pod at gmail.com. Uh, okay. Whoops, I cut off the engine. I didn't mean to do that. Let me go back over here. Cut out the engines. Oh, my God. We're just floating. Jordan. Andy, it's time to go back into the president's circle. We're going to have to go through the Admiral's Club uh-huh. to get in there. Uh-huh. The, weirdly, the sound didn't play. And uh, let's just head into the president's circle. All right. Uh, part of the President's Circle perks is a shout-out on this podcast every single month. 
Uh, we are going to read one quarter of the names today and so on throughout the month. Again, thank you all for being just the best. Uh, so here's, here's the shout-outs. If you don't hear your name this week, stay tuned for next week. And so on and so on. Uh, we will get to everybody. Uh, so, for instance, our first shout-out is to a Jared Sean Campbell. Thank you. Anders Peterson. Thank you very much. Oh, Jeff Gannon just coming in, just being Jeff. Our old friend, Lynn Perdue. Oh, it, look, everybody. It's Sir Reginald Pennybottom. Jet, Jet Jerkin. Jet Jerkins. <laughs> there I got it. it is. Nailed it. There it is. <laughs> Derek Atkinson. Uh, hello. I, Andy, I skipped the name before that. Colin Chaddock is who you missed. There we are. Shame on you. Joe Sullivan. Hi. Uh, Michael. Michael, way to go. Kamal Abul Hosen. Adam Zani, thank you so much. Benjamin Hill. Miriam Centeno, welcome to the President's Circle. I would say Centeno. Centano? Centeno. Well, it's got an E. Sen- Guys, you can also phonetically Centeno. spell these things. Yeah, if you want to put it in so your, we don't butcher in your it. President's or, Circle, just put in quotes how you say it. If you want to uh, listen to us butcher your name, then leave it A as it is. A lot of people, I think, actually do enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Peter Shern. Jeremy. Anonymous Coward. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Kip Corbett. Uh, Heather Nelson. Tony King, thank you. C, period, D, period. Jim McVeigh. Oh, Jesse Tashinsky, my old buddy Jesse from the Apple Store and Life, oh, is really? now a member of the President's Circle. Ooh, send what in our, a nerd. Send in your juicy stories about Matt oh, pre, God. pre-success. Jesse and I uh, drank a lot together. Uh, did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know you to be a heavy drinker. Well, I was then. Um, Jerry Canavan. Uh, look, everybody, it's Christopher Finagy. Hello, Christopher. Aaron N. Uh, ben Bodnock. Wow. Joseph Moran. That's a good name. I like alliteration. Uh, Alexis. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Boussier. Uh, that's what I would have said. Yeah. Mr. Bundy. <laughs> Do you read the parenthetical? I don't know. I, I'm going to throw it in. Uh, that, who is actually Jason King? If you just want to refer to as Mr. Bundy, we apologize. Let us know. Uh, Next month, we won't say it. Andrew Gibson. Brandon Callinger. Uh, Dan Cozier. Michael Yatsko. Tucker Powers. Edward Ingram. Timothy Cullen. Andrew! Oh, Andy, thanks for supporting us. <laughs> Joel Cude. Jason Brown. Uh, Jeff Kelso. Uh, Chuck Day. Uh, Bryce Bridges. Dan McLeod. Uh, the Clan McLeod. The Clan McLeod. And, of course, Brian Hughes. That is, uh, if you didn't hear your name this week, listen next week. We're going to shout them out every week of this month. It's January. Thank you all for supporting us, and thank you all for being uh, listeners of this here fine podcast. And I say fine podcast with uh, some humility. You're not really that great at podcasting. But you know what? Kind of entertaining. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> uh, I have been Matt. I have been Andy. And we are now beaming the fuck out of here. Disengage. Disengage.